With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On this week's episode, the world has fallen in love with Bill and Frank from The Last of Us. Frasier, the popular cheer spinoff, is returning to its roots in Boston, kinda. More movies and projects filming in New England and pickles at the movie theater. What's up with that? This is The Hub on Hollywood. I'm James. I'm Jamie, but hey, some people prefer caviar. We'll get into it. <laughs> Let's go. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Hub on Hollywood. Jamie, as soon as I heard this story, I, I had to talk about it. Okay. Pickles, you know, you, you love them or you hate them, but apparently in Texas, they are a staple, um, with many people picking that as their number one movie theater menu item. However, mm-hmm. many Texans are apparently surprised to learn that no one else does this. Uh, Texas, you know, they, they're always burning their own way. They're, you know, <laughs> forging their own path, I guess. Um, <laughs> go big or go home, but pickles and and you know big yeah. giant fried pickles, right? No, these are just normal pickles, like oh, out of the normal? bag. Apparently, back normal pickles, normal dill pickles from the from the barrel of, of I don't know pickle jar. Uh, yeah, according to SouthernLiving.com, Texans have been ordering pickles for decades, lovingly referring to them as movie theater pickles. And how it it would work back in the day would be there'd be this big giant pickle jar, and then you'd go up to the cashier at the concession stand and say one pickle, please, and they'd get their tongs, reach in, mm. get it put it in like this this uh this paper napkin of sorts and you just go walking off into the movie theater crunching away yeah the pickle doesn't seem like my go-to pick ever for for a movie theater (laughs) treat i mean not not just straight out of the jar i i could see maybe fried pickles I'm happy that they're using tongs, that people are just not reaching their hands in there. and That must have been recently, yeah. Getting the juice everywhere. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's strange. So that got me curious what other weird things people eat in different places. So um, apparently in uh, Russia, if you're going to go have some, uh, watch a film there anytime soon, uh, caviar. Beluga caviar available at the concession stands. That seems a little fancy to me. And then apparently in uh, Colombia, a norm of sorts, uh, eating ants. Eating, I think these are roasted, spicy, cooked ants. I mean, protein? Yeah. But yeah, you get tons of protein, but uh, you get so many ants stuck between your teeth. That oh, seems very God. Uh, not pleasant. That's not. So, I mean, if you're going to go see a horror movie, maybe, but that yeah. doesn't sound uh, appetizing to me. Um, other things, uh, Hong Kong curry, curry uh, fish balls. I mean, I guess that makes sense. But also, apparently, people have uh, snuck in some very interesting things. 
from uh, rotisserie chicken to a full watermelon. And um, I think we've we've mentioned before you have a history of breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, us folk over at Casa de Rojas, we uh, we are we do our movie theater experience right. Back in the day, my mom would have this giant like gallon sized purse that would be known as the designated movie purse and uh, anytime we would go there we would always make a stop at the local Lucky's which turned into an Albertsons and just go down the cook uh, the the candy aisle and just get our favorites for you know back then you can get like so much for like just 10 bucks and uh, fill up that entire bag with, along with uh, soda cans and whatnot so it was a party we knew how to do movie theaters right so um did, did yeah. you ever dabble in the in oh, the definitely. illegal activity of sneaking in food. Uh, yeah. I don't know how against the law it is. I mean, I it think, might I get so. you <laughs> in trouble with the, the 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 staff, but no, I used to sneak things in with my uh, staff workers. Exactly. I used to sneak things in with my uh my, my friends all the all the time. But um what what I probably got in bigger trouble for is um when I was very young, my father liked to sneak into the theater enti- you know entirely you know the exit doors at the backs of the theaters oh um, yeah yeah we just sneak in the back there and just walk into whatever random <laughs> theater they didn't used to be locked and no. now they are because of him <laughs> because of there was also there was also that strategy i heard also when uh, now i never did this but i had friends in high school who would go to the movie theater every now and then and one would pay for a ticket go in and then open that back door and let everybody else come in through the back so um that that is also a tactic that uh, i think is getting harder to do with uh, so many cameras around um, and, you know, going back to the, the pickle talk, let's just end this with some Reddit users commenting about this. Uh, some folks call them movie pickles. They were huge and in a gallon glass jar. And for a quarter, I would buy the juice in a cup and pour it over crushed ice. Mm. That is, um, Texas goes, Hard. They, they, they do things different over in Texas. <laughs> I guess. What's the appeal of that? I, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. So let us know yeah, what no your um, would. Would you eat a pickle uh, at a movie theater? Would you sneak in a pickle at the movie theater? <laughs> let us know down below in the comments. Uh, we are the Hub on Hollywood. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Hub on Hollywood. Uh, what's your go-to treat snack that you sneak in or buy legally inside the <laughs> store? Let us know down below. <laughs> now let's talk about what everybody has been talking about for the past week and we will uh be going into spoilers for episode three of the last of us so this is a warning spoiler warning if you haven't seen episode three for the last of us go watch it right now pause this podcast watch it and then come back because this is something that you don't want to be spoiled on you want to want to experience it as it uh, as you watch it or just but, skip um, ahead a couple final... of minutes to yeah. our boston uh, our, our boston movie talk right after this exactly yeah we'll try to put in a timestamp of, of sorts if we can uh maybe not so yeah <laughs> uh proceed with caution but let's just t- talk about episode three because uh and again spoilers but this was when after this episode ended jamie I was broken. I was completely Aww. broken, but in a in a beautiful, tragic way. Yeah. We'll get into the details, but what was your initial feeling after watching this episode? I was just like, what was that? <laughs> like, you know, there are so many um, movies and shows like this about apocalypses and zombies and, you know, and, and, and all of this thing. But I just felt it was just really lovely to be able to 
pause, you know, the, the, the murder and mayhem and chaos and get like a full length love story in the midst of mm-hmm. all of that chaos um, and to follow this this couple, you know, through their existence and, and their passion and their their love and respect and adoration for each other and how they get through it together. And it's just so sweet and simple and but powerful, uh, you know, in the midst of all of this. It's just rare to see a show that would do that. I think it's kind of a courageous thing to do in, in a storytelling and in a show like this. And I, I love it. I think it's different and refreshing. Um, so I was just very pleasantly surprised um, that that's what we got in episode three of uh, The Last of Us. Yeah, this one um, in a world in the post-apocalyptic setting, there's world. so many <laughs> tragic endings Yeah, to, to characters where uh, you see so many loved ones losing a loved one or falling in, and losing it all. In uh, violent ways, yeah. yeah. In, in violence, terribly sad ways. But this story of, of Bill and Frank, it leaves on such a tragically beautiful ending uh, in, a, in a way, but very hopeful also. So something you don't see where everybody, they can, they can leave and end things on their own terms, mm-hmm. uh, happy and feeling fulfilled. And that was uh, you know, an incredible thing to see in this episode. Uh, kind of recapping the chain of events for episode three. Now we follow uh, Joel and Ellie. They are going to the Stash House about 10 miles west of Boston uh, at a Cumberland Farms. Mm-hmm. So those of us over here in New England know what Cumberland Farms is. Uh, But after resupplying there, they leave on their walk. Uh, Ellie and Joel are bonding once again uh, after the last episode when Tess passed away, was killed and was infected and destroyed by her her, her own hand. Joel and Ellie, Joel has some sort of animosity towards Ellie and you can tell that he kind of blames her for Tess's death and then that leads her to pretty much call him out saying, hey, both of you agreed on what this mission was. You both accepted the risk of transporting me from one location to another. Don't blame me for what happened. And then through their walk, uh, you see Joel and Ellie. They're getting warm again towards each other and bonding more. And then you kind of see that forgiveness forgiveness from Joel. Mm-hmm. But after resupplying, re- uh, they run into a mass grave where innocents, non-infected people were killed by the military uh, because, you know, they were going to this to this safe area. But once that safe area gets filled, uh, instead of letting these people go and fend for themselves, the military kills them because the dead do not get infected. And then we go to this flashback showing families from this neighborhood in Lincoln uh, being hauled off. Uh, but a lone survivor is left there, uh, and that person is Bill, who's played by Nick Offerman. Uh, he eventually meets Frank, played by Murray Bartlett, and who's who falls into one of Nick's or one of uh, Bill's traps. And that's when the story really picks up between these two characters. Uh, from first uneasiness and and ver- being very unsure about this new stranger who who came into Bill's life, to this bonding uh, relationship between them both, and then you see time travel time jumps and um really take really quick uh jamie in the very beginning after uh, bill cooks for frank and you start seeing them bond over this piano and then eventually they they embrace each other passionately uh what was going through your head during that first sequence well i thought it was really um nick offerman i love him uh he's such a phenomenal actor 
this seems to be a character that's totally in his wheelhouse, um, mm-hmm. a, a prepper, a loner who takes this empty na- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Neighborhood and makes it his fortress. Um, and he's very self-sufficient. And he likes being alone. And he seems to be coping very well with this pandemic or with this outbreak. And it's not until he meets the character Frank that he starts to realize just how desperately lonely he is and how, in fact, despite believing to the contrary, he actually does need someone else. And I think it's just played so beautifully and so subtly by Nick Offerman. And these two personalities, the embodiments of these two characters are, are done so well. You've got the happy-go-lucky Frank, and you've got the, the, the curmudgeon and cautious Bill, and how Frank pulls <laughs> those, those, you know, that, that, that beautiful side out of Bill. I've never seen Nick Offerman portray a, a gay character, and it, I mean, it was just wonderful. It was so, so great. The love between them, the chemistry between them, and how that progresses over the years. I loved it. I loved it. It was just so well done. Yeah, I, I like how each uh, Bill and Frank taught each other different things and gave each other different experiences. Like, for example, when, funny thing is, after they first meet and they have their passionate uh, love scene, and they, like, and Frank says, you know, I'm going to be staying here for several more days. I'm not a, I'm not a slut or, 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 you know, mm-hmm. something like that. So I'm going to be here for a while. And so, and then it flashed forwards to, you know, them being happy. Then it flashed forwards three years with Frank storming out the house uh, mid-argument with Bill saying, you know what, like, this is our street and and you've done everything you can to you know protect it and set it up but you know this is also my place and i want to make it beautiful i want to make it pretty i want to make you know i want to continue living pretty much Mm -hmm. and that's something that we haven't really seen in other post-apocalyptic shows or movies like that desire to normalize things and to paint the house to cut the grass to take pride and to appreciate the finer things in life it's not all just you know doom and gloom Mm -hmm and surviving like you need to live as well and so we see the neighborhood getting beautiful uh frank ends up meeting tess over the the shortwave radio and then invites tess and joel over for for lunch to hang out because you know they want friends they want to meet the neighbors and then we see that scene where there was a raid on the compound and bill is out there shooting at them but frank you know he's also very quick to get a gun and so you you can see that bill's taught frank how to survive and they've gone this far by working together and then frank does the uh, the uh, the other end caring for bill and showing him there's still things you can appreciate and live and love with and so we see uh that that transition from when bill is shot after bill uh you think bill may be dead but frank you know rescues him and then we flash forward another what is it 10 years Mm -hmm. and then we see who we initially think is Bill in the wheelchair, but turns out to be Frank, and he has this uh, degenerative disease uh, that, that isn't identified, but you can tell that he's um, getting worse and worse gradually. And so um, they make the decision to 
Frank decides that, you know what, this would be my last day uh, on Earth. And seeing Bill's reaction, played by Nick Offerman, mm. that like that's when my eyes started tearing up. Just that idea where Bill was like, you know, you are my main job. You are my you protecting you is my purpose. And and losing you, it, it, it's soul crushing and, and you could feel that in the moment you could feel everything that bill and and nick offerman what they were expressing on their face without words that was an incredible yes. like wrenching scene for me then That's, we see the rest of the day play out it's great writing it's great acting uh just like you said you feel everything that they are feeling it was just so well done and it was their last day and Frank convinces Bill to give him one last perfect day. They go down to the shop, they get dressed, they get married, they have a wonderful meal. Beautiful. And then he asks Bill to crush up all the pills and put it in his drink so he can drift off to sleep. In Bill's arms. In Bill's arms. And he notices that the wine uh, is already poisoned. And and Bill has decided that today will be his last day also. Again, basically saying, you are the reason I live to protect you and to care for you. And, you know, this isn't a sad story about somebody committing suicide. This is a, this is a happy ending to people who have lived fulfilled lives, who are going out on their own uh, accord. Mm-hmm. And the one quote that I loved was when Bill said, I was never afraid of anything until I met you. And it's giving me feelings right now, even. It's, it's just, it was just a beautiful sequence. And the funny thing is that Frank wasn't upset that Bill himself had also uh, drank wine that could have, what, sedate, sedated a horse. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they just accepted each other. And, and they both uh, went to their bedroom to fall asleep together in each other's arms. I, I don't know if, the right, if it's right to say it's tragically beautiful or beautifully tragic, but it was beautiful in a, in a gut-wrenching way, in a visceral way. And then afterwards, we see Joel and Allie come upon the compound because that's where they were going for supplies. And then they read this note, pretty much. Bill was telling Joel, you know, we are protectors. Continue to do what you need to do to protect the person you love and for, to protect Tess. Of course, Tess has passed away, but you see like this message is sent and ingrained in Joel's mind that now Ellie is the person that he is tasked and in charge and who he wants to be a protector for. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so that, that was lovely. And then that final scene of the window panning because they said, you know, they left the window open so the, so the place wouldn't smell. And I love the fact that they didn't show any, any remains or anything. It's just a beautiful window watching Joel and Ellie walk away. And you just know that mm-hmm. Bill and Frank uh, lived their lives to the fullest together. and made the most of it together. Beautiful. Uh, it's already being talked about as being one of the best episodes or best shows of the year. The soundtrack, too. Uh, great parallelism Incredible. in the beginning with the song that they're playing on the piano together, that Bill and Frank are playing on the piano together. And it's the same song that Ellie um, and Joel are listening to on the radio in the truck as they're driving away. And, you know, yeah. it sort of symbolizes that now it's it's sort of that kind of relationship is now transferring over to them. Now Joel has his his person that he needs to protect with all of his life. And um, it's just great symbolism. Um, just fin- just so, so very well done. And it's a risk, James, because I think that a lot of people um, 
want shows like this to just be wham bam thank you man like lots of violence and gore and action um and it's a risk to to slow down and and tell a story like this um but i think that they knocked it out of the park um and it was so worth it and it was so enjoyable to watch yes there were tears on this end um as mm -hmm. well and I mean, there are so many love stories out there that just shove it down your throat, right? And it's just overly wordy, and it's overly like, look at this, look at this, and it's... Or this, not well done at all. Or not well done at all. I mean, and this just shows you that it's it's show, don't tell, right? And to have these incredibly talented actors and, and the talented writers that are working on this production, you know, come together and create a story that makes you feel that deeply... Um, and strongly for, you know, for these people that you might not otherwise connect with. Um, I mean, just bravo to all of them. I hope that there bravo. are awards, you know, um, in the future for, for, for all involved. Um, excited yeah. about the next episode of The Last of Us, uh, which is coming out later tonight, which uh, we are recording Sunday night. So we'll see... Um, how things pan out for uh, the rest of this series. But Pedro Pascal, um, as I said in, in the past, right? Amazing. And they've got this great recipe for him. Uh, cute sidekick, Pedro Pascal protector. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Um, we're going to get no, more Mandalorian. Looking forward to more Mandalorian from him. I just watched uh, they, the, the season three trailer last night. I was at a hockey game. You wouldn't expect that, but it was Star Wars night um, at the Railers game in Worcester, and they were oh, showing awesome. the trailer to, yeah, to, to a Mandalorian season three. Um, but that's not all uh, we need to tell you no. about Pedro Pascal. Yeah. He's been killing it uh, on every level in The Mandalorian here in The Last of Us. And he also killed it last night on Saturday Night Live. And uh, it was really fun. There were really, uh, there were, I think there were more hits than, than misses. And there were a couple um, really good ones, including one called Girl from Temecula. If you um, haven't seen that one on, S on uh, SNL's uh, YouTube page, check out that skit because that was a really fun one. And the fun thing is, is you can tell Pedro Pascal was having a great time on the set. He was like, there are moments where he's like laughing in the having a great time smiling um, there was also a clip that was released where it shows the backstage where as the announcers announcing all the actors and you know SNL cast and who the host is you just see him like jumpy and being very pumped up in the back smiling and having a really great time so Pedro Pascal he, he can do drama he can do horror he can do comedy uh, this guy he's a he's a real talent so we need more is what I'm saying we yeah. need more Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I agree with you there. I'm not going to argue with that. Love <laughs> <laughs> you, Pedro. Pedro, we know you listen to the show, so please yeah. uh, hit us up. Uh, uh, you can reach us out at Hub on Hollywood. Also, our email, <laughs> Hub on hollywood at, at gmail.com gmail if you're if you're also an, another actor who works who lives in new england in massachusetts and whether you're yeah, in front of the camera whether you're behind the scenes or you're an extra uh, background actor uh, reach out to us because we would love to talk to you and talk about your experience of filming shooting here in massachusetts in new england where business is booming so you can find us at hub on hollywood on twitter instagram Facebook and TikTok. So uh, we want to get you on the hub on Hollywood. Reach out. Yeah, and speaking of booming, James, like that's that's a really great word for it. Um, and there's a ton of projects that had been filming uh, over the last year or so that are coming soon. 
and we just wanted to talk about some of them. Uh, Sony Marvel's Spider-Man spinoff, Madam Web, that had been shooting in various locations um, from Worcester to Weymouth, uh, starring Dakota Johnson and Adam Scott. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Where we suspect that he might be a young Ben Parker, but with, you know, not confirmed yet. Or is it? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but they uh, that has had its release date pushed back to February of next year. February of 2024. So unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that one. There's a number of other great ones. Boston Strangler, that's going to be debuting on Hulu in March, um, starring Kira Knightley. It, the, the true crime drama about um, two South Shore female reporters who broke the story because uh, no one no one really cared about what was happening to these women. And this was the early 1960s, so that was a great production to have in town. Lots of period pieces, old-timey cars, Kira Knightley. Wonderful. That's going to be coming out in March on Hulu. And a number of other great ones. Uh, the Collaboration, uh, starring Paul Bettany of The Avengers, about Andy Warhol, about the friendship between uh, artist Andy Warhol and Jean-Michel Basquet. Um, so that's going to be a fun one. Oh, and Finest Kind. So, Finest Kind, yeah. which we've spoken about before, starring Jenna Ortega, Tommy Lee Jones, Ben Foster, Toby Wallace, um, about these two brothers who get tangled up in organized crime, was filmed mostly in New Bedford. It does not yet have a release date, but uh, we're hoping that that's going to be coming out later this year. A number of other ones to look forward to. We've got Paul Giamatti's The Holdovers, uh, Liam Neeson's Thug. Uh, he's, you know, again, a guy with a, a certain set of skills who's <laughs> going to, you know, help uh, his, his family. In Situate, they were shooting an untitled novelist project. And Canton's Bill Burr uh, stars in something called Leo. All of these that are going to be um, coming to theaters soon that have been uh, filming, we have been bringing you their casting calls. Um, we have casting calls at the end of every episode of The Hub on Hollywood because we want to get you on the big screen. We want you in movies like Challengers, uh, starring Zendaya, that is going to be released August 11th of this year. 
and all of these incredible projects. Maestro, starring Bradley Cooper as legendary conductor and composer Leonard Bernstein, who was born here in Lawrence. Um, that's going to be out on Netflix later this year. So just so many projects. A lot of stuff. And a lot of stuff that is still yet to come. It's a little bit slow right now because we're in the dead of winter and it was negative 33 degree, you know, wind chills yesterday. Crazy. The other day. So, um... We probably are going to be picking up more in the spring, but we do still have uh, some casting calls for you today, so stick around at the end of this episode. We will have those latest casting calls for you. Wow, Hollywood East, man. We aptly named. Oh, absolutely. But one thing that we are not getting or filming over here in Boston, uh, which I think definitely should be because of our booming industry, uh, a Frasier revival that's set for Paramount Plus later this year is going to have uh, Kelsey Grammer reprising his role as Dr. Frasier Crane. However, instead of being based in Seattle or Chicago, we see Frasier Crane coming back to Boston. That's right, Frasier, the revival, is going to be set in Boston. However, it's filming on a soundstage in Los Angeles. Boo, um, come on. Boo. <laughs> boo. And so, like everything that is getting a reboot or, or a revival, Frasier, of course, is a spinoff of Cheers, which was also set in Boston, but was filmed in Los Angeles. However, I do think that we may have a chance of seeing Kelsey Grammer on Beacon Street in and around Boston if they decide to shoot some exterior shots, which they did do on Cheers. So fingers crossed. No, absolutely. Come on. Everything else is filming here. If you're going to be set in Boston, then by golly, darn it, you should be <laughs> you should be here. I think this was my complaint with The Last of Us, too, uh, where we were nitpicking. The first three episodes have been set in Massachusetts. First, them, you know, going through an apocalyptic, you know, Boston, trying to get to the state house, and you know, now they're uh, ten miles outside of Boston, uh, in 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 Lincoln, Massachusetts. People have been making fun of this too online. Yeah. I've seen a couple of memes where it's it's Pedro Pascal, and the caption says ten miles outside of Boston, and he's on the moon. Right. Because <laughs> like the geography just hasn't been making sense. And uh, right. that was all filmed in uh, in Canada. But, you know, we have such a great film uh, credit here and we have so many projects coming that I will uh, beat that drum. Just come down here, man. Come on. Yeah. Let's get her done. You want to walk through the streets of Boston and, and see the beautiful brick buildings and all of our historic locales and go visit your friends at Cheers. Just come on down here. Um, where everybody knows your where name. Where everybody knows your name, uh, Mr. Fraser Crane. So um, <laughs> let's 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 do that. So I'll, I'll keep beating that drum, but I can see why they they're mostly going to be filming in sound stages, so uh, they can comfortably, I guess, get away with it for uh, for the majority of what they need, I suppose. Um, now you know who I would love to see filming over here, down here in Massachusetts, uh, in Boston. Mm. A Mr. Dave Batista, and yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's about time. Uh, Dave Batista, of course, from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, from Blade Runner uh, 2049, um, as well as many other great movies. And he's also in a new M. Night Shyamalan movie. I think it's called The Cabin, uh, Four People in the Cabin, something mm -hmm. like that. But um, Dave Batista, he recently uh, made some more news talking about how he has never gotten a single offer to do a rom-com. Mm -hmm. Now, Dave Batista, very muscly, very, you know, 
he <laughs> seems very brutish, but I think he has said himself that he's uh, he's a softy inside. And he says, you know what? I may not be your typical rom-com lead, and I may be a little rough around the edges, but he still has high hopes and he is uh, searching. And that brought me to my next point of discussion. I think Dave Bautista may be one of, if not the best, wrestler turned actor mm-hmm. out there and Ooh. i know he has people to compete with um of course uh, john cena uh, i think who also i think does a very good job and there's also uh, the big money maker blockbuster guy dwayne the rock johnson who uh, is in everything and everywhere all at once uh, but i think dave batista i think talent wise he may be the most gifted you know, just looking at Knives Out, Glass Onion, he was in that one as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he killed it. No pun intended. No, he did. Um, <laughs> right. Did he do it? Um, I've, and he had a he had a very attractive uh, um, counterpart um, girlfriend in that in that movie. Whiskey. Um, whiskey. And um, no, I love Dave Bautista. And I think that he's proven that he can be the softy. Uh, he was he in a movie called My Spy. Uh, right with the oh, yeah. with the little girl, and he was like a secret service agent or, or something like that, and he just did really well with her, and that, that was very sweet. Uh, I mean, he's in Dune, he's in, you know, obviously he's he's Drax in in all of the Guardians of the Galaxies and Avengers. He's just got a very unique look, and uh, they they typecast in Hollywood, which is you know he's he's a very big guy. He's the 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 protector, the warrior. Um, yeah. I don't know. Could you see it? I, I, I know that you just mentioned that, yes, he's a, a phenomenal actor. Well, what about The Rock? I think do you really do think you really think that he's got <laughs> more of that, you know, the emotional chops and, and the range than, than The Rock? Dwayne? Oh, I, I think so. Now, now we all love The Rock. We all love Dwayne. We are all, we're all big fans, not taking anything away from, from him. But I will say that I, in the in the fewer movies that Dave Bautista has been in compared to The Rock, uh, he has shown more emotion, whether that was through his um, his verbal prowess or his facial features. And so I think that he's, he is very talented and he, he does a lot with very little. Uh, and I think he even said that he doesn't want to be the next Rock. He wants to be his own guy, his own artist and, and be known for his acting chops. Um, again, nothing to take away from The, from the Rock. Maybe 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 the rock will surprise me down down the road, but as of right now, based off the the filmography, I would say that Dave has shown much more range uh, than the rock has uh, in a shorter period of time. That's my I hot take. Yes, yeah. No, now that you mention it, yeah, the, the Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, is pretty much the same character in almost everything that he does. Um, and he loves jungles. He did the Jungle Cruise. He did Jumanji. He also did an, another one with the gorilla. Uh, I'm sure that zoo, that zoo scenery was kind of like jungleish. And so uh, he loves jungles. And uh, and I think brown shirts is a very common uh, attire for his character. With with the buttons popped open at the top, of course. Yeah. yeah now barely. I know the Rock also listens to the Hub on Hollywood. So Rock, if you want to come on the show and um, and you know hash this out, please uh, reach out to us. Hub on Hollywood at Gmail. <laughs> I think that um, David Bautista is doing a great thing right now, though. He's putting it out into the universe. He's kind of challenging the why, you know, why are we going to 
typecast. It doesn't only happen to, you know, women or, you know, it happens to everyone in, in, in Hollywood. So, yeah, he wants a rom-com. He's putting it out there. I hope that the universe develop, uh, delivers and that we can uh, see him in a rom-com very soon. All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, who would we pair him up with? Like a hmm. Kate Hudson kind of uh, person or like a, uh, hmm. let's see, like a Reese Witherspoon character type? No, I'm thinking like... You know, bombshell brunette type. Bombshell brunette. Well, well, well let, let us know. Who we'll do you match up? Yeah. Who would you match Dave Batista up with in, in a rom-com? Comment down below at Hub on Hollywood. Um, lastly, wrapping up this show, uh, before we get to what we're watching, the 90s show, that 90s show, uh, the reboot, the spinoff from that 70s show, has officially been renewed for a second season on Netflix. Um, we did review the series, I think, a couple episodes ago. And though I would not say it's on the same level as that 70s show, because that was really great, uh, then 90 show does come close and um it does have a lot of good things going for it so i'm, I'm happy with the cast uh the return of uh kurt wood smith and deborah joe rupp uh as well as uh, of course the re- the original uh cast members and so if you haven't watched the 90 show if you like the original i think you'll have fun time with this not the best thing out there but it's a fun uh reboot so uh that is getting season two uh and netflix <laughs> it was very entertaining i mean there were some laugh out loud moments and you know it, i was laughing several sense. times out loud yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so um right. it's, it's a good entertaining little little show so happy to hear it's coming back which Excellent. leads us into what are we watching what should we be watching james before i i launch into my rant about this new show that i really love um anything that you're watching so I recently watched, um, uh, I'll go through this very quickly, but you know the movie Moonstruck with Cher and Nicolas Cage uh, came out in 1988 and is an Oscar-winning uh, performances all around, apparently. from, mm-hmm. uh, from the, it, the movie garnered three Oscars, one, including one Best Actress, and I think that went to Cher. But um, my wife and I watched Moonstruck because, you know, you hear about it's such an iconic film of the past and the acting is great and the story is fantastic. Like, okay, you know, we're, we're in for the night. Let's, let's watch it. Moonstruck. More like Moon Suck. <laughs> My goodness, this was um, this was this is not a good movie. I think a lot of people have nostalgia goggles, or I don't know what they were doing because a lot of great movies came out in '88. This was not one of them. I'm sorry, that's my hot take. Characters are deeply flawed all around. The acting, like everyone's screaming at each other. Uh, it was just nothing really good going for it. I'm sorry, that's my hot take Look, for Moonstruck. I mean, cocaine is a hell of a drug, and that was what it fueled is. the majority of the '80s. So uh, you know, I don't know what anyone was thinking back then but yeah so that one that one i would not that one, not that one i would not recommend watching all right um i would recommend though however uh this this movie that came out in 2003 starring uh george clooney and Catherine zeta jones intolerable cruelty won't go into the, the the specific details or spoilers but basically it's about a beautiful gold digger who matches wits with a shrewd beverly hills divorce lawyer who is increasingly attracted to her it's a mm-hmm. it's a fun movie i would recommend it it's directed by uh joel and ethan cohen of the cohen brothers mm-hmm. um you know, I, 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 we had never seen this movie, so we just decided to put it on. And it's a, it's a fun watch. So don't watch Moonstruck. <laughs> watch Intolerable Cruelty. Also, don't watch Moonfall. Um, I, that was awful as well. I, what is it with the moon movies? Um, but if you do want to watch something that is 
romantic that is uh, is innocent, intrig- but at the same time intriguing. And this wonderful little novella that I have discovered on Netflix first debuted in 2021. It's called The Cook of Castamar or La Cocinera de Castamar. And it's ah. just wonderful. I'm only like three or four episodes in, but it's about in 1920s Madrid, this duke who's madly in love with his wife, his wife dies, and um, he's inconsolable. He's in two years, you know, he's been grieving for two years, but now the king wants him to return to court, uh, and he's forced to come back. And this very talented cook who has her own demons um, comes to work at Castamar, you know, at his estate, at his castle. Um, and they 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 begin to bond and form this very innocent and and beautiful relationship and all the while you know in the midst of all of this intrigue and politics and violence and sex and like but you know the 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 relationship between the two of them is very pure um and it's just it's really lovely and it's really wonderful mm. and it's nice to it's nice to watch i i like redeemable characters you know i don't want to see a, a show full of bad people doing bad things that i you know i can't really connect you know connect with but um i think that the the lead of this show played by michelle jenner um she's just so captivating um and and lovely and uh, it's a very well-paced show. I think the drama is realistic. It's not over the top. Um, and uh, R- Roberto Enriquez plays the, the Diego de Castamar, um, the Duke. And uh, it's just really lovely. I highly recommend it. If you're looking for um, you know, a slow burn, uh, a lovely little romance in the midst of you know a period piece and and all of the the, the drama that surrounds that. Um, I recommend La Cocinera de Castamar or The Cook of nice. Castamar, uh, available on Netflix. All right, qué rico. Sounds uh, rico, sounds sabros, good. Sabrosos. No, what am I? Sabrosura. That's what I was trying to get. The, that's the word I was trying to get out. <laughs> Well, let us know what you're watching right now. Um, thank you so much for watching us here on The Hub on Hollywood. If you are uh, listening to us on YouTube, please hit like, please hit subscribe, uh, hit that bell so you can get notifications. If you are listening to us on any of the major podcasting streaming services uh, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, the iHeartRadio app, give us a five-star review. really helps out. Uh, and again, you can always find us on all the social media platforms at Hub on Hollywood. But as always, Jamie, a jam-packed episode with some great stuff. And um, can't wait to, to watch more of The Last of Us and, and be further broken <laughs> mentally and emotionally by this amazing series. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really, really good. So uh, we will see what comes next. So until then, folks, uh, stick around after the credits for our casting calls and if not we will go ahead and see you next week thanks for being with us adios adios <laughs> bye 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 and welcome to the most amazing part of the hub on Hollywood, right? The part where we are going to get you in the movies, we're going to get you in the TV shows, and sometimes some commercials. Um, there's a number of really great active casting agencies 
in New England. So we always recommend that you sign up for those, you know, from Boston Casting to CP to Slate to Kendall Cooper. Um, so many great casting agencies. Go ahead and, and, and look those up for yourselves. Sign up to get those notifications and we will bring the biggest ones to you here on the Hub on Hollywood. So today we are going to be kicking off with CP Casting in Boston University Films. They are looking for actors. Um, many of the universities here, if you're uh, an actor trying to break in, one of the best ways that you can do that is by acting and starring in a lot of these student films. You make great connections, you get good content for your reels. So this is always a great opportunity for someone who's really serious about acting. Um, so CP Casting is looking for adults, teens, and child actors ages eight to 80 union or non-union, any ethnicity um, for this year's crop of films uh, out of Boston University. Um, they would like you to go ahead and send in your information um, if you'd like to be considered for the slate of films uh, that are being put together this year. Um, this is unpaid work, just so you know, but you do get a copy of the finished footage, like I mentioned, for your reel. Um, they had an open casting call in September, so you do not need to attend this one if you did that in September. Um, but they're looking for some fresh faces. So you are going to want to send your resume and headshot to Carolyn and Mara at Pikmin Actors Lab at gmail.com. So that's Pikmin, P I C K M A N, Actors Lab at gmail.com. And if you are chosen uh, from your headshot and your resume, you'll be invited to another open casting call later in February, later this month. Um, so, like I mentioned, that's a really great opportunity for people who w are serious about acting and need content for their reels. So that's out of CP Casting. Good luck to you on that one. Yeah, good luck. Uh, Boston Casting, they are looking for uh, someone for a commercial they are shooting. They are looking for people of Haitian descent and or with a Haitian accent uh, for this upcoming project. They're looking for those 60 years old and older non-union gig shooting via Zoom. So you can, so uh, apparently this uh, commercial will involve some Zoom takes, uh, but uh, from home via Zoom between uh, February 23rd and the 27th. So sometime between that, those dates, that will be the shoot time. BostonCastingCommercials at gmail.com. Send your current photo, your contact information there in the subject line. Put Haitian slash your name. BostonCastingCommercial at gmail.com. All right. And uh, Slate Casting, looking for non-union extras for a shoot on Valentine's Day or the day after. Uh, must be local to New England. It looks like they're looking for anybody. So if you are interested in submitting for this commercial opportunity, um, you have until late Monday afternoon, February 6th, to submit that. So you're going to want to send your name, contact information, city or town you live in, current photos, both close up and full length, and your availability for February 14th and 15th to slate self tape 3 at gmail.com. 
Yeah, sign up, uh, get yourself involved with any of these projects, whether that be a movie, a TV show, or or a commercial. And and you know what? If you don't happen to meet any of the descriptions or requirements for these projects, uh, go ahead and tell your friends and family. Maybe some of them uh, are closer to these descriptions and and the the needs of uh, these casting agencies. So share them a link for the Hub on Hollywood. Tell your friends, tell your family. And uh, until next time, I'm James. I'm Jamie. We'll see you there. (laughs) Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.